listeners. Welcome to Grief Out Loud. Remember the last time you tried to talk about grief and suddenly everybody left the room? Grief Out Loud is opening up this often avoided conversation because grief is hard enough without having to go through it alone. We bring you a mix of personal stories, tips for supporting children, teens, and yourself, and interviews with professionals in the grief world. Platitude and cliche-free, we promise. Grief Out Loud is hosted by me, Jana DeCristofero, and produced by the Dougie Center for Grieving Children and Families in Portland, Oregon. Imagine being just a few weeks into your first year of high school, when out of nowhere, grief comes smashing into your world. That's exactly what happened to Natalie Adams, founder and creator of Teenage Grief Sucks, a website by and for grieving teens. After Natalie's dad died, she did what so many of us do. She went looking for something or someone who could tell her what to expect. What she found were a lot of resources created by adults. Adults telling other adults about grief and adults telling teens about grief. What she didn't find was what she was most wanting and needing. Words from other teens who could give her a roadmap for her own grief. So she decided to make the resource she needed. Already a writer and a journaler, Natalie made her words public in the hopes that they could support other grieving teens. Her website, Teenage Grief Sucks, launched in March of this year, right as the COVID-19 pandemic was taking hold in the U.S. With articles like Dreaming of My Grief, Telling Your Teachers About Your Loss, Meet My Dad-ish, and 10 Ways to Cope with Grief While Quarantined, Natalie and Teenage Grief Sucks covers topics that are relevant to teens in their day-to-day lives. For example, she writes about the unexpected flood of emotions she experienced while having to watch videos of car crashes during driving school, and also how hard it was to realize that she was no longer counting time since her dad's death in days and weeks, how that shift felt like a betrayal of him and her grief. Natalie and I had a chance to talk about her dad, her grief, what inspired her to start Teenage Grief Sucks, and how the process of writing and going public with that writing has been helpful to her. Natalie, thank you so much for being part of Grief Out Loud today. Thank you for inviting me. Let's let's start where we often start on Grief Out Loud, which is talking about the people in our life who have died. So t- tell us a little bit about your dad. Like, What was he like? When I think of my dad, there's a lot of things I could talk about, but I really like talking about his sense of humor, just because that's something that we shared. Some of my greatest memories with him are just us in a random place laughing about random things. I remember once we went to a kid's birthday party, and it was in one of those places where like little kids love it, but everyone above the age of 10 just thinks it's a little weird and not fun. (laughs) We're just sitting there and watching the little kids having the time of their lives, and we were just making jokes and having so much fun. And that's just how I remember him, the person who understood my sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) It's rare, right, to have people in our lives who really, who get us in that way and and laugh at some of the same goofy and silly things. And, you know, we're recording in uh, early June of 2020, so I lose track now. We're about two and a half, three months into the COVID-19 pandemic. And wondering, like, what's your sense of how your dad would be responding to this time? And and how would your experience of this time be different if he was still alive? Well, I think he'd be telling me 
the basic don't you know don't really get near other people wear a mask but i think he would also be telling me to take care of myself just because this is sort of our new normal it seems like as soon as we started being quarantined i was thrown into oh i'm still in school i'm still in everything it's just a little bit different and it felt like life just continued even though it's so different and i had a really hard time at first just because i felt like oh, I have to be fine, even though this is crazy. And I think he'd be reminding me that it's okay to take care of yourself right now. It's okay to take time for yourself and make sure that you're fine before you continue life. So your dad was kind of a reality check sometimes of the importance of of needing to attend to yourself and to not just try to like push forward and, and get as much done as you can and act as if nothing's different. Yeah, he was. So I think the big thing is just that it's hard because we were thrown into it so fast. And at least for me, my school just continued everything. And I think I really needed him here to tell me that, hey, it's okay if you're struggling a little bit. We could all all use that, I think. A little bit of like, (laughs) you know, it's all right if you're not producing at the same uh, rate that you used to be um, before all this happened. And so let's Let's talk a little bit about your your website, Teenage Grief Sucks, which is one of my new favorite titles of anything related to grief, because that's what I hear from the teens in my group over and over again. And it's a, you know, it's a website, it's got great articles and blog posts, but tell us a little bit about the project in your own words, like what what's available to people and what inspired you to start that? So when my dad died, one of the first things I did was get on Google and figure out what I was going to feel. <laughs> I was able to find some really good resources, but I noticed that a lot of them were written by adults. And why I think that is good, because when I was first learning, I really did need an adult perspective to tell me what I was going to feel and what would happen to me. But as time went on, I realized that what I needed more than anything was another teenager to tell me that. Like, adult can tell me, oh, here are the five stages of grief, and oh, when I was a kid, I went through this. But a teenager can be like, oh my gosh, I went to school today, and it was so hard, and it was horrible, and just talk about all the little things that people don't really talk about with grief. I kept on looking for a resource like this and I didn't really find one. And one day I thought, you know, hey, I write about my grief anyway. Why shouldn't I publish these things? <laughs> so then I began working on the website Teenage Grief Sucks and flash forward a while, it was published a little over two months ago. And I'm really proud of myself for it. And I think it's really amazing that I get to write and share my grief with other people because I know when I first started grieving, this is something that I really needed and I'm glad that I can share it with the world. It was only two months ago that you started the website? Yeah, only two months ago. (laughs) Listeners, there's so much information on it, like so many articles already. And I'm curious, Natalie, what type of response have you received from other people who are reading and and like hitting the Google and finding your website? Well, I haven't had much interaction with readers I don't know. Before I published the website, I was working on it for quite a while. I did share it with a lot of my close friends who have grieved. And even though they hadn't lost a parent, they were able to really relate to the articles. And they told me what they liked about it. And what I'm hoping other people like is that it's a different perspective instead of saying, you know, the facts about grief and just straight facts and Uh, really what other websites say. I say, oh, today I went to driving school and I had trouble with this and this and this. And even though not everyone can understand that exact situation, they can apply it to their own life and say, oh, this happened when I was in class or this happened when I was in a certain place. And 
what they liked about it is how they could connect with whatever I was talking about. And I hope that other people can feel the same way. What's been helpful for you in your, in your own grief about your dad's death around creating this website and, and making your thoughts and feelings and reflections public in this way? Well, it's really helped me. The way I write has helped me a lot because so my stories are formatted at the beginning of my article. I tell a story like, for example, my first article is about how after my dad died, my dreams every single night were about him. And even though they weren't always nightmares, I would wake up missing him so much. And then the second half of my article is a sort of a solution to this. I talk about how, oh, I try not to think about him before I go to bed. And I do all these other small things. And by writing that way, sometimes when I feel like, oh my gosh, grief is horrible. I can't get through this. I look back at my articles and say, look, every time I've had a quote unquote problem with grief, I've been able to find a solution through research or figuring out my personal life. And that has really helped me get through everything. So if something new comes up, you can look back at your past articles and it helps you build confidence of like, I've I've weathered this before. This is a new challenge, but I know I'll figure out something that's going to help me cope. Yeah. At the beginning, when I first wrote about grief, I was like, oh my gosh, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. And then writing that way really just made me feel bad. But whenever I offer a solution, or even if there's no solution, I say, you know, it's okay, I feel this way, and it gets better over time. That really does help me. That's such an important distinction, right? Like there isn't a solution to everything in grief. There's, well, there's not really solutions to most things in grief, but there are ways of accepting that it is a challenge and giving ourselves a little bit more space and compassion around that. And, and sometimes that is the quote unquote solution in a way. Yeah. So, so Natalie, it's been two years since your dad died and you talked about how the way you write about your grief has changed over those two years, but how, how would you say your grief itself has changed in that time period? I would say that I went from just being like, oh my gosh, my dad is dead. I cannot believe this to really missing the small things about him. So at first it was just, oh my gosh, he's not here. He's not in this room where he's supposed to be. He's, I'm not texting him after school and all these things. But now that I've really gotten adjusted to it, it's, I'm fine a lot of days, but then sometimes I'll see something that reminds me of him and I'll think, oh, I would love to talk to him about this. Cause I remember once I was with some of my friends and I saw this little thing and I thought, oh my gosh, I need to go home and tell my dad about this. And then it just kind of hit me. Oh, I can't do this. And all those small things like that really, really affect me now. And at first they didn't just because they add up over time. And at first I just didn't really see that. Yeah, and it sounds like too, at first, just the enormity of, of the fact that he died, like that was so huge. It was just going to obscure everything else. And now that the reality of his death has settled in or sunk in a little bit more, all those little ways that he isn't here start to rise more to the surface and that and that all that's so that's such a common thing of oh this great thing just happened I'm gonna oh I can't call them even though it's been like 5 10 15 years people still have that moment where they just forget yeah I think at first I was just more shocked and that's how my emotions were is just shock and then as time went on I really began to grieve and I think a lot of people don't talk about that I think the first few weeks after my dad died, I wasn't grieving. I was just in shock because I think I didn't really start going through the grief process until I really realized that he was gone. Because at first 
um, it was just kind of like, oh, uh, he died last week. Oh, oh, he died last week. And I was just all I could think. But as time went on, I began to think of things that remind me of him and go through the five stages of grief and all of that. So as a teen, well, you were a teen when your dad died and you're a teen still. Um, <laughs> what, what did you need from other people? Like, what did you need from family and friends and school teachers, counselors? Like, what, what were you needing from other people in your life? I think a lot of people think that just because they haven't been through grief or don't really understand it, that they shouldn't do anything. One of my favorite memories of things my friends did for me is actually something that I hate that they did for me. After my dad died, one of my friends and I were talking and she's like, my dad, oh, I'm so sorry. And that's really when I realized I hadn't heard the word dad in weeks. And I began to notice that my friends had just thought, oh, if we don't talk about dads, she won't be upset. And Mm. really that ended up making me a little more upset because I did want to talk about my dad. But the fact that they did try to do that for me really helped a lot. So I would say if even if you don't know what to say to someone, you should still try to do something because I think a lot of people think, oh, if we do the wrong thing, she'll be mad. But really, I wasn't mad. I was just glad that they were there for me. And because they did that, I was able to sit down and say, hey, I know you want to help me. Here's what I need you to do. I love those stories where something that maybe in the moment didn't feel very good or comforting ends up being a like opportunity for some more insight to actually really identify what we do need. You know, it's almost yeah. like we need to know what we don't want before we can know what we do want. How how did grief well, so those were from friends. Are there things from like family members or from school that were helpful or not so helpful? Uh my family was really helpful just because they understood that it was okay that I really wasn't myself. I remember the first Christmas after my dad died we had it over at my house and I just didn't want anything to do with it. I stayed up in my room the whole day. And instead of, you know, trying to be like, come downstairs, come downstairs. My family would be like, Oh, Hey, we'd appreciate it. If you come down, it's okay. If not. And they asked once or twice. And when I said, no, they respected me. They left, they gave me food and they really understood that I needed that time. And that's the same thing with my teachers. My teachers were amazing after my dad died I missed a lot of school because of it. I went, I did not miss a single full day, but I missed almost every single morning for two weeks. And while I could have fallen behind and done done very badly in those classes, my teachers made sure that I did well. If I did really bad an assignment, they would go through it with me and help me. And that's really what I needed. Because even though, you know, I seemed fine, I really needed people to do that little extra thing for me, like my family and teachers did. So a lot of flexibility and a lot of understanding and a recognition that you might not be at the same ability to produce or have the same capacity as you were prior to your dad's death. Yeah. The big thing with me is I always cope with things using humor. So like I said, I did not go to school in the morning. I went in the afternoon. And anyone who is in my classes in the afternoon who didn't really know me would have just thought I'd been there all day because after my dad died, I didn't act sad. I didn't seem like my dad had just died. I was laughing with everyone. I was telling jokes. And because of that, people sometimes think, oh, you know, she's fine. But in reality, I wasn't fine. And so those people who really acknowledge that just because I was smiling didn't mean I wasn't grieving really helped me a lot. Well, it makes me think of another question 
oftentimes we have this concept of what grief is supposed to look like, like we're supposed to look sad or, you know, whatever that we might've picked up from books and movies and TV before your dad died. What was your understanding of grief and, and how did that change once you had your own personal uh, insight into what it's like to have someone die? So before my dad died, I didn't really know a lot about grief. I thought it was something like the flu where some people had it for a few days and other people had it for a few weeks and then it was mostly gone. <laughs> and I really did, I really knew that when my friends lost someone that they were upset, but I didn't really think about how long they would be upset. So let's say when my friends lost someone for that next week, I would be there for them and I'd really you know, oh, are you okay? And ask all these questions. But then the next week I would still do it, but I wouldn't do it as often. And as time went on, I'd do it less and less. And that's something a lot of the people around me did too. And I really thought that it went away and it doesn't. It, for me, it did get worse a few months in when I started really missing my dad and seeing all the things he should have been there for. And because of that, I've been able to really help people who grieve and remember to check in on them a while later. And when my friends don't check in on me, I even say, hey, just so you know, it's not fine after a few weeks. Maybe check in on me, check in on other people, so you should know that. And that's mm -hmm. really what I've found to be the most helpful is just telling people what I need. Because at first I thought, oh, I can't tell them. But thinking back about when my friends have grieved, I remember just not knowing what to say. And if they had said, hey, please do this or say this, that really would have helped me a lot. It really strikes me how much you, you you've sort of, you take, you have your grief, your experience, like what you're needing or wanting from other people. And then you're able to turn that into educating other people. <laughs> Here's how to be a better grief supporter, everybody. And, and you're definitely doing that, uh, in, on your website on teenage grief sucks. And what are your hopes for the future with, with your website? For the future of the website, I'm hoping to make it a nonprofit when I get older so I can offer more resources and help more people. I plan to keep expanding it as I grow up and hopefully get more teenagers to write as I, when I am not a teenager anymore. But my biggest goal with it is that when someone's in the place where I was after my dad died, and even though my friends had grieved, they hadn't really lost a parent, and I didn't really know anyone like me, where they can get on Teenage Grief Sucks, and even if they can't relate exactly with the stories that, that are being told on there, they can understand them and feel a lot better and less alone. So if people wanted to get involved now, I know you mentioned like when you're older, you want to start a nonprofit and it really expand the services that you're providing. But in this moment, if somebody wanted to be a part of the website in some way, what, what are some of the options? So on Teenage Grief Sucks, we have a page called Share Your Grief, where grieving teenagers can turn in a written or multimedia submission about grief, which includes things like artwork, music, anything and for a chance to be published on the website. I would really recommend this for anyone who has a grief story to tell because at first I would have told my story except I didn't really have a place to tell. And whenever I tell my story and whenever someone else tells your story, uh, you can help other people. And that's my goal with this, to help as many people as possible. And I'm hoping that any grieving teenagers who have a story to tell will then be able to come and tell that story on my website. So you can send in a video, you could send in a piece of artwork, you could send in a written, you know, post. Uh, how do you, what's the age range for a teenager? Like, if you want to submit, what age range do people have to be in? So if you're 
under the age of 13, we do not accept submissions. But if you're between 13 and 18, we do. We just need to talk to your parents beforehand, make sure they're fine with it, and they need to be fine with it before you turn in your submission. And obviously, if you're above 18, feel free to do that, too, because even adults can give a good perspective on teenage grief because a lot of adults did grieve as teenagers, even though it's not exactly the same as it was when they were kids and maybe they don't remember exactly. They can give really good perspectives, too. Okay, so say you're like... 25 or 45 or 55, but you were a teen when someone in your life died, you can still contribute talking about what it was like as a teenager. Yeah. Great. Well, listeners, I'm going to definitely link in the show notes to teenagegriefsucks.com. And that way you can read um, what Natalie's already created. And then also, if you have something you want to submit to help expand the perspectives that are on the website, that would be great. Natalie, one last question for you. You know, it sounds like you had great friends and family and school support. Were there other, did you pursue any like grief support groups or work with a counselor or a therapist uh, in your process? I did talk to my school counselor after my dad died. And that's something that not a lot of people do. They think, oh, a school counselor is just for scheduling classes. But I did get to talk to my counselor and it was really interesting talking to him just because he related my grief to his grief and he talked about how even though he's a lot older than me, I felt a lot less alone because he talked about his sister who had died a few years before. And that really helped me just hearing about that. And even sometimes between classes, just going down and talking to him was really helpful. And I think more people should pursue that, talking to your school counselor. So you had a really good connection just in your school environment. You had didn't have to go outside of the walls of your school to find that. Yeah. And I'm curious too, for your like, you know, we talked a little bit about your plans for teenage grief sucks. But what about your personal plans and your values? And has grief and having your dad die shaped or influenced those in any way? It has changed a lot about what's important to me. And I think the main thing with grief is it taught me to start following my dreams today and start doing things that I want to do today. Because I always hear people talk about that. And before my dad died, I thought, oh, you know, whatever. I just start living today, whatever. (laughs) Who cares? But after my dad died, I realized that it's true. You don't really know how much time you have left. And I don't know. And that's, I mean, scary thought. But at the same time, because of that, that's really helped motivate me to, instead of waiting for someone to text me or waiting to start a hobby or waiting for all of these things, instead, I just do it. And because of that, I was able to release Teenage Grief Sucks when I was at this age, even though I thought, oh, I'll do this 10 years later. And I've been able to really start following my dreams. And that's been amazing. I love that because it's like another way of thwarting the um, the common stereotype of grief, which, you know, a lot of times people say like, you're sad and then you get withdrawn and then you stop doing anything, which I think for some folks when they're grieving, it is really hard to find motivation to do things or start something new. But it sounds like for you, it's really become this spark and this inspiration to do what you want to do and do it sooner rather than later. I often say that my sadness is my happiness because when my dad died, I thought nothing good can come of this. And while I do miss him and a lot of bad have, has come of it, because he died, I have been able to create this website. I write about grief every day and that's helped me and I know that's helping other people. And I think that at first, a lot of people do think that nothing good comes of grief, but even though it's such a bad thing, so many positive things can come from the worst experiences of your life. Well, Natalie, thank you so much. I mean, one of one of the 
I don't want to say positive because that's a strange word to use, but one of the, (laughs) well, I'm grateful that I have the benefit of being able to have this conversation with you and for the fact that your website, Teenage Grief Sucks, exists and that there are, there is a place for other teenagers to come and and connect and to find that commonality that you were seeking so much when your dad first died. So thank you for creating that. And and thank you for being a part of Grief Out Loud today. Thank you, Jana. And listeners out there, be sure to go visit TeenageGriefSucks.com. Still the best title of a grief resource out there. I'm kind of a little envious, Natalie, that you (laughs) (laughs) you took it because I would have loved to have that website too. Um, And thank you for being part of our audience and for tuning into the show and for sharing the show with friends and family and your networks. Uh, Anybody who you think might be helped by listening to these conversations about grief and loss. If you're new to our show, you can find all of our past episodes at our website, D-O-U ugy.org forward slash grief out loud all the past episodes live there and they're also anywhere that you're currently listening to podcasts so thanks for listening and we hope you'll join us again next time